Welcome to Sunday Chat with the Youngs, a monthly podcast dedicated to stories about Youngs Jersey there, family business ownership, tales of running a restaurant, and of course, ice cream. And now, here are your hosts, Dan Young, Kelly Young, and John Young. Uh, welcome to a Sunday Chat with the Youngs. I'm John Young. I'm Dan Young. I'm Kelly Young. So we're, we're three of the Youngs. Uh, Dan is the third generation young at Young Dairy. I am fourth generation, and Kelly's like I married in fourth generation. <laughs> I, I can be cut out. You can be cut our, out. Our kid, you can't cut out. That's true. She's, she's blood now. She's all over the place. But you can just snip me right out. So this is our first episode of what's going to be a monthly podcast. Uh, we called it Sunday Chat because uh, when we have a guest, we're going to make a Sunday with them, and and we're going to post it on the first Sunday. Sunday. With an e. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna post it on the first Sunday of every month. So Love it's, it. It's like a duality. A duality of. I like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So, Dan, you're the one that had this idea of a podcast, but I don't think you really had like a focus of what the podcast was going to be. Is that is that a correct statement? Yeah, podcasts are fun to listen to. Seem like they're sort of easy to do. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, I'm I'm. Uh, this is the third podcast I'm running now. Seems easy enough. Yeah. Yeah, just do it and record it and then put it out there, and if someone listens, they. They listen, if not, whatever. It's just for us. Right. So the first couple episodes, we're going to go in depth and talk about the, the young family, where we started, where we, where we came from, where we're going. Uh, our first guest is going to be Bill Young, second generation young. Uh, your, your uncle, my great uncle, your great uncle once removed. I don't know is how that, that works. That, is that how Could that works? Be. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, so we're going to have Bill in here in a little bit. Um, that's Dan, what is your official title here at the farm? Just so we can introduce ourselves. Everyone well, knows who you are. The chief Ice Cream Dipper. Chief Ice Cream Dipper slash yeah. CEO slash yeah. guy that's on TV all the time. Correct. And Kelly, you don't have an official <clears throat> role here at the farm uh, anymore. No. Uh, but you've done what, what jobs have you done on the farm that you can tell us about? I started at Utters and Putters, and then uh, I helped with a couple picnics, I, which is you always kind of help, right? That's true. Yeah. Well, I ran the first year that we had the um, uh, pumpkin slingshot at the fall festival. Oh, yeah? I ran that the first year. We also did the, 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 old, the one and only summer camp. Oh, yeah. We ran summer camp. Oh, that was fun. So if you ever see the pine tree that is currently in front of the office, as long as we it's still that. the office, we planted that. We also planted an oak tree right next to it, yeah. but Gary Boggs ran it over. <laughs> yeah. Well. And then I waited tables for a lot of years at, um, at the Golden Jersey. So I've done a lot of the things. And I've done most things. things. I think I milked a cow once, but every other job I've done at least a couple of times. So yeah. uh, Kelly, Kelly's current job is word nerd, and we told her that she's allowed to word nerd out at no more than once per episode. Okay, well, I didn't throw any in, other than the Sunday with an A-E versus Sunday okay. with an A-Y. So we'll, we'll see how the interview goes to see if you <laughs> throw any, any words in there. Do you think we need to throw anything else in? I don't think so. Okay. So let's get Bill in here and have our first episode. Sounds good. Fantastic. Well, Bill, thanks for joining us. I know you don't know, have any idea what we're doing. No. <laughs> Neither do we. So we had this idea a couple of years ago that we were going to start uh, a podcast, radio show, whatever you want to call it. Um, it was going to be centered around our family because I think we have a unique story to tell. You know, we have a family that's been around for a long time. Uh, we've pivoted from a simple farm to quite an operation. Um, we figured for the first couple episodes, we talked to the people that know us best, and you're one of them. 
Uh, we're next episode. We'll talk to Kelly and Deb and Ben, and then we'll go to my generation. Then we'll get. I don't know. We're going to interview Scarlett and Avery and Amelia and see how that goes for the fifth generation. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll go we'll go through the generations, but uh, eventually we'll talk to other small business owners, other farmers, other restaurateurs that have a similar cool story to tell, and that's basically why we're here. But we wanted to start with you, the second generation young that's still around. Right. <laughs> you know we uh, you know we 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 when we do the generations of our family, we refer to Happen Mildred as the first generation. And then you, Bob, and are you, Bob, and Carl? We're second generation. And then we've got a smattering of third and fourth. I'm not going to name everyone because we'll, that'll, that'll be our entire show if I name all yeah, the that's kids. That's all, and, folks. That's it. <laughs> so, I, I was thinking about this when we were when we were getting started. The one thing that I, I regret not talking to Bob, my granddad, your brother, more about was Happen Mildred. I've heard stories, you know, anecdotally throughout the years, but I never really said. How was it being around Happen Mildred? So I'm asking you, how was it being around Happen Mildred? Oh, it was great. I never had any trouble with, you know, either one of them. My mother was wonderful. My dad, he was a good person that helped me to keep on the straight path, and uh, which was a difficult for a while. <laughs> but anyway, they were good people, set a good example. Both of them worked. And, and uh, dad, dad had to change jobs late in his years. But he, they were both fun people to be around. And uh, I, I, remit, I miss them a whole hell of a lot. They were good people. So was, it, was he farmer first, then Oliver Tractor? salesman or is it the other way around or is he doing both simultaneously well to tell you the truth I'm I don't remember he even be working on the farm I mean he was 39 when I was born and uh, I don't remember him actually I remember getting a team of horses out of the barn and getting them all uh harnessed up, and then we went up the road here with the horses and a corn planter to plant a corn, a field of corn with a two-row planter. <laughs> <laughs> now we, now I see 24-row planters out in the field. Wow. And that was a two-row planter, probably 40-inch, or maybe even bigger than that. Yeah. At least 40. Had, had a seat on it that you could sit on and ride if you chose to. You didn't have to, but you could. And, and he put me up, and we actually had a picture of me riding one of the horses <clears throat> while we were planting that corn. Yeah, and in juxt juxtaposition, I, I watched Jay, your son, plant corn out here for 15 minutes and he was done <laughs> in that portion of the field. So it's, it's right. amazing the amount of technology that's changed oh, in just a gosh. short, short uh, time span. Yeah, the other day I saw two planters <clears throat> in front of a guy's barn. One of them had a 16-row planter. The other one had a 24-row planter behind it. They can cover a lot of ground. It takes a little longer when you can only do two at a time. <laughs> yeah. 
With a horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The horse. The horse needs a break. The tractor just needs more gas. Right. So at, at what point do you remember feeling ownership and what the, the, the family farm was about? Not just, hey, Bill, go do this. Well, that's, that's all I can remember. <laughs> is I was told that we, have, that we had an old tractor and actually still have it. Uh, I got to rake hay when I was nine years old. And uh, I'll never forget going to a huge field. And Carl said, when you get that done, you can quit. Well, it just happened to be a hundred acre field. <laughs> that sounds like Carl. <laughs> no, no one brought me a drink or anything. And uh, I always, I really liked it, raking hay, still do. I haven't for about a year. But, um, oh, you can rake hay and daydream about other things at the same time, you know. Now, if you volunteered for raking hay, does that mean you were less likely to be up in the mall unloading it? Right. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I think that's why I, 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 you know, I did far less farm work on, uh, you know, actual farm work than you did. But I think that's why I also was a fan, fan of the raking hay aspect. A little more air conditioning out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we had you, we had you do a little math for how many cows you think you've milked over the years. We, we came to a lot. Uh, you know, <laughs> 100 a day for 360 days for 25 years. Then we obviously reduced our herd over the years for 50 a day, 360 days, 22 a year. So we came to about a million plus cows. I would have to agree. That's a lot of cows. <laughs> My math worked about the same way. <laughs> and uh, Well, your wife is pretty good at math, so that, uh, that helps having her around. Whatever it was, well over a million cows, which probably why my knees hurt today, and uh, but I always, that was actually, I said raking hay was my favorite. Uh, milking cows was actually, I never uh, regretted doing that, and I always enjoyed it. <clears throat> Fortunately, I had family help to uh, relieve me sometimes. Uh, Stuart, he started milking cows in about 75, and Jay in about 81 or two. So they got broke in early. <laughs> and and how, uh, how old were they about that time? Well, 10-ish? Yeah. I was actually telling the story today to some, some people that were, we were on your side of the barn, and I said the funniest thing of all time of our farm was when you would come in the afternoons from your house, walk down your lane across the road, the cows out in the pasture would see you, and they would head to the door because they knew it was time. That's right. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, I would always try to sneak so they wouldn't see me. <laughs> Because I didn't warm up here yet. It's not time, guys. It's not time. Yeah, that is. To this day, all it takes is they can be out there grazing or laying down, and all it takes is one to get up 
and head towards the barn, and here they all come. Yeah, the, the herd mentality phrase actually yeah. definitely applies to cows for sure. Yeah. They were, um, they were out flying a, a drone camera over the field. One, all of them were fine, and then one got spooked, and then the, the rest of them decided, I guess we're spooked. Panic. So they, they all just scattered around Run. the field. <laughs> what is it? So, you know, we obviously we operated as just a farm for a long, long time. Um, do, do you remember any of the conversations that were around, hey, let's not just be a farm anymore, let's start selling milk, start doing other things? Oh, yeah, I sure do. Uh, Carl made the comment that if we were going to support four families, including my parents, we had to do something besides just milk cows. At the time, we raised a lot of hogs, but we got out. Both my brothers were, had, were drafted in the Army, and when they were, we got out of the hog business. But yes, I can remember him saying that. And the next thing I know, we built, well, actually, we built a little room on the milk house where we could bottle and sell a little bit of milk out the door, 60 cents a gallon. It's painted on the sign. And then uh, that, that was received well, so he got the decision that we had to add on again. So he called me at college, wanted me to come home and help build that new store or what the bigger one, which eventually became the, the uh, milk, milk, milk bottling, storage, and, and retail for a while. Actually, quite a while. And then we, we uh, built, we decided to build the original new store 1969. Uh, I, I remember going to Wicks every day. They'd send me up to Wicks to get a load of lumber on a tractor and a wagon. <laughs> I, I, the, uh, the the crew that was here today doing some filming, we were looking at the picture that's up on the, the new wall here at the new dairy store of Joe out there painting the window. And I guess I had never paid attention until, until today when you were walking out there. Was there, so we built onto the, the barn for the, where the, um, the milk coolers are now, where the milk containers are now. And then we built on again, where, the, where we made ice cream and milk for so many years. So oh, yeah. at what point, at what, so you were saying that we, we built onto it once and then twice. When was the second add-on to that, that section? 1958. So 58 was when we built yeah. the, the second addition to that. Right. Okay. Yeah, because I've seen that picture of Joe up there painting, the, but I never paid attention to the architecture of that window. Then I, while we were walking over there, I looked and said, oh, this is the window that, oh, this right. is well boarded over now, but this is the window where she painted on. Right. Okay. Just milk at first. Right. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't long until we probably had a cooler with cottage cheese, perhaps, but mainly just milk. And... Uh, <clears throat> the community accepted that well. We had a lot of demand for whole milk. So that was where we got started. 
and then build in the second building there and so we could dip ice cream, picked up other things, bread and cheese and so on to sell there. Had a cooler with milk, bottled milk in it, probably soft drinks, orange juice or whatever. Coca-Cola. <laughs> right. I find it interesting that, and I don't know if it was by design, and that's why I'm going to ask you that you and Bob and Carl always had your lanes. And I, I always saw it as someone that, you know, you guys were old when I was here, so I, I figured you'd no just... Offense. No offense. No offense. <laughs> But did, did you guys intentionally pick your lanes, like, I'm good at this, so this is what I'm going to do, I'm good at this? Or did you guys draw straws and say, Carl, you're going to be the, no. you're going to be the business guy? No, uh, we didn't. I mean, we got rather specific about our role. And uh, as, as the retail expanded, actually we had a store in a, in a local community other than that one. And Carl tried to keep it running. Bob was always a handyman to fix or repair anything, keep it going, which on a farm with an old equipment, that's become a necessity. <clears throat> but I spent most of my time with the cows. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that, I mean, like I said, you guys all picked your lane, but you guys were all so good at your lanes. I mean, Carl was visionary in terms of business. Bob could fix anything on the planet. I've, uh, one thing that I grabbed from the old dairy store before it got tore down was the old um, uh, junction box cover with his handwriting on it, the one that was on the other side of the, where the ATM was. Because I was like, I need, like, Bob did the wiring for this building. I need something from it. I didn't want to just grab a wire because that's not exciting. But so I've got his his handwriting on the on the box, which oh yeah yeah. So I, I was really happy to grab. I haven't figured out what I'm going to do with it, but it's not going yeah. anywhere in the store. It's going in my house. It's mine. <laughs> no, he he was a pretty accomplished electrician, and uh, he wired wired that building. Anything needed done, he wired it. And he actually wired my house. <laughs> So did you, did you guys work on the, 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 well, his house and then your house? Did you guys build it together, or did he just help, help working on your house? No, his house was built in 1959. Okay. It happened to be the first all-electric house in Clark County. I've heard that before. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> and, uh, but then uh, I didn't build mine until 72 or 3. When did you build your house, Rita? Yeah. 73. Oh, right. So he was right. Right. And uh, Bob did all the wiring in that house. None of the carpentry work, just the wiring. Uh, I don't think he did the plumbing, but he did all the electrical work. Hmm. It hasn't been changed to this day. I always think about, you know, age wiring and so on, but uh, we've not had any problem at all. That's amazing. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, 50 years at this point. That's right. amazing. Yep. We just, our house was built in 04, and we've lived in it for three years and have had nothing but electric problems. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, well, one thing I was thinking about that that door that you had with his, his writing on it, I guarantee you that none of those actually corresponded to what it oh, actually no. went to. <laughs> those fuses were all wrong. But I mean, in 68, it was perfect. Yeah. But uh, by the time we got to 2021, we had changed it a few times over the years. And some of the shorthand on there, you might not be able to decipher. Oh, no. I mean, yeah. Granddad's writing is among, I've seen your writing, Bill, and I've seen Bob's, and I've seen Carl's. I think Bob's was the worst out of all three of you. I, yeah. I, I don't, maybe that's just because he was in a hurry doing, you know, I've got, I've got wires exposed. I need to put them away, so I'm just going to write real quick. I can never read his writing very well. Yeah. <laughs> That's, which is, which, you know, his teacher was a, his, his wife was a teacher. You'd think they would, you know, get together right. and be able to write, write well. Well, that's funny to me that you make that comment, because if you'd asked me which of the three of us wrote the best, I would tell you that Bob did. Okay. He had, I always thought he had neat handwriting, and uh, mine's a disaster. <laughs> I remember the first the first time I saw your writing was on the the, the board in the barn where you're uh, doing you know we're gonna calve this baby right. in and, you yeah. know, so I I was that's what, the only basically the only time I see your writing is it yeah. was in there. Well, I was free. I did that a lot. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of documentation involved right. in that. Yeah, I could write pretty good up to a few years ago. Now it's not so good. So we we asked a question of you about about the brothers, and it was kind of a question in, in jest, but who is the hardest working of the three of you? Well, that's a hard one to answer, and I studied that. <laughs> uh, it depended on what day it was, or whether it was a crop day, or hay day, or uh, many. Carl spent many hours managing and doing. He did a lot of the books for years. So... As I say, it's, it's, it's a, I can't say that either one of us was the hardest working other than the fact it depended on what had to be done that day. And clearly you guys worked well together. I'm sure you, oh, yeah. sure you had your days where you didn't. But overall, you, know, you continued a successful farm operation to and a successful business operation. Yeah, Bob and I got along great uh, once in a while. Carl and I would butt heads over what needed to be done, but uh, we always seemed to get the job done. I think a lot of people that knew Carl would say that they butted heads at least once. That's <laughs> <laughs> that seemed to be a running running joke with them. Um, now, your daughter Kelly told me that you were glad that we didn't ask who got in the most trouble of the three of you. So I'm going to ask now that you're on, on film, who, who got in the most trouble out of the three of you? Oh, I'm sure I did. <laughs> now, were you in trouble as a, as a young lad or trouble as a no, teenager? Not till I got to college. Okay. And uh, I could write a book on what we did at college. Well, we don't want to put that all out in no, the laundry. So. No. That seems to be a running theme, though, with the men in yeah. your family. I don't know. Dad, were you in trouble? Were you trouble in college? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe it was then. All right. There are maybe, a lot of stories. That maybe you're not, not the same to tell. as Bill, but okay. yeah. Do you know Bill College stories that we're not going to talk about? Every once in a while, one of his fraternity brothers comes in, and I don't know the stories. I can just tell from their attitude and their talk vaguely about things. I go, well, okay, that must have been fun. <laughs> we have a lot of stories that you're not allowed to tell. The oh, seven-year-old. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. Maybe eventually. I'm glad she's sitting over there with her headphones because there's, there's, there's a story she's not allowed to hear about yet. 
Um, you know, thinking of our continuity of our business, you know, second generation, third generation, fourth right. generation, what's something that um, makes you happy when you talk about it to people that are outside our family? What's something that kind of tells you, helps you tell those stories? Well, we, like I said, we've always worked together and uh, try to make a dollar, but we do. And the community realizes that. And uh, we work hard and we've been honest people to work with. And I think that over the years, a lot of people have realized that, that we were getting along good. Uh, when it, whenever I'd go to the old dairy store, people that I knew to ask how Bob was or how's Carl, uh, how's your dad, we just got along well. And uh, like I said, when it come to the job we were doing, we kind of stayed out of each other's face and uh, tried to perform the area we were assigned to. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for that, you know, just staying in your lane and doing what you're good at right. and coming together and collaborating when it makes sense to do so. Right, that's right. Yeah. I, I, I think, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, whose idea was ice cream at the store? Carl. Carl. Yeah. I, I felt like that was the answer, but yeah. I don't know if I ever heard that. I mean, Bob yeah. liked his ice cream. You sure it wasn't Bob? <laughs> <laughs> As did his wife. As is his wife, that's for sure. Yeah. No, uh, I, I think it was his idea to keep, to move on, and actually we had it. We bought our ice cream from a Borden's in Dayton. Molars. Molars. Borden's came later. Yeah, Molars for yeah, the first was, number of years. Yeah. <laughs> actually, it was Molars Dairy. Yeah, they started out with They yeah. picked up our milk here. Several farms in the neighborhood that they got a whole truckload and took it to Dayton and processed it, put it in our package. The next day, they delivered it back here. <clears throat> well, then finally, after doing that for I don't know how long, we went to ice cream. That was received well. <clears throat> so instead of buying ice cream, we decided to make the ice cream. But, and that went over well. Still is. Yeah, right. it seems to be popular. Yeah. So you, you listed butter pecan as your favorite flavor. Has that always been your flavor? Oh gosh. <clears throat> uh, probably chocolate. Okay. Because again, not to poke the bear, but butter pecan is typically an older person's flavor. So I wanted to make sure you, that wasn't your flavor when you were like thirty. No, I okay. don't think so. Okay. Uh, we actually bought. There was somebody made a, like a cone, like a candy bar shaped thing that had orange in it. And of course I could eat a whole box full of them. Like a creamsicle? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Actually, there would, uh, one of our staff just said that's going to, we were creating some, uh, some staff favorites that aren't on our menu. So it's the things that the kids make that don't, they don't tell anyone. And a creamsicle shake is on, on that menu. Is that right? So, we're going to start promoting it, but then we also have to tell our staff, how, the rest of the staff, how to make it. <laughs> so it's one of those catch twenty-two type things. Yeah, I would, I would actually haul wheat to Yellow Springs to the, the to the mill that 
that does the work now are they they were in the seed business. I can remember watching Governor DeWine when he was a teenager <laughs> sacking wheat as fast as it was clean. That was my first knowledge of him. I was actually a few years older, and I'd stand there and walk. He wasn't very old. They had him in there sacking wheat. And uh, one of the men that worked there would give me money. It would have been the Governor DeWine's grandfather would give me money to bring back a box of those sickle ice cream. Whatever <laughs> <it was>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think the governor. I, I know the governor has a sweet tooth, so I would imagine the rest of his rest of his crew does as well. So, what do you think? What do you think Hap would think about all that the Youngs has turned into? It might be a loaded question. I, yeah. I didn't prep you with that question. So. Uh, I don't know whether I can say on the TV <laughs> what he had to say. He was more of a simple guy. Well. He was, he'd never had money, and so he was rather conservative about what we do, and uh, kind of scared of what we do. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I wish he could sit now. Because he barely got to see the new store that we had. He was pretty much homebound there for a couple of years. And he, he actually wouldn't believe today what, what all we've done. All he wanted us to do was plow the 40 acres and raise <laughs> crops. And it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's amazing that uh, that simple outlook on farming wouldn't, wouldn't work today, just the way, just the, way the, the farming culture has changed completely. That is for sure. Yeah, you've uh, got to be doing that all day, every day, at 10 different farms to be able to make a buck doing that. That's for sure. Uh, he, he, he would come to the barn, even though he kind of overlooked us or oversaw what we were doing. But he'd come in a coat and tie because he'd come from Springfield to work. So I don't ever remember Dad doing any physical work on the farm. And I'm sure when he was younger that he did, <clears throat> here again having to leave the farm to go to town to get a job. During the Depression, uh, we got, they got two boys, Carl and Bob, and I'm sure they had a couple of rough years through the Depression. Yeah. I've heard stories about them <coughs> having to move frequently and eventually back to this house here where Ben lives now. Mm -hmm. That was in 1940. Now, I won't make you turn around because I know you've seen it, but the picture on the wall behind you with Happ and Mildred and then uh, Ben, Brian, Blair, and Devin, Devin Dan. Then juxtaposed with Ben and Ben and Dan with the, all their grandkids, I say all their grandkids, my one grandkid, and then all of Ben's grandkids. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you know, I mean, I I think that's 
I've always loved that picture of Hap and Mildred because I've only seen a couple of pictures of Hap and most of them are in suits. You know, because that's, you know, back in the day, that's you wore suits everywhere. I've got a right. picture beside it of everyone out watching the, the front of the barn where we used to have the calves. Again, everyone in suits. I'm sure that was just a Tuesday afternoon. Everyone coming to get ice cream in suits. It's always fascinating to me. But that's from town. Yeah, that's one of my favorite pictures of, of all, all the pictures that we have uh, archived places. Is a picture of Happen Mildred and the kids sitting on that same porch that's over there that doesn't look all that different than it does now. No, it, it hasn't changed. Uh, that house was built in 1900, and hadn't there been any serious changes to it. Um, like I said, I, all I remember him is in, a, is in a coat and tie, going to Springfield to work. He worked at Sears, and then he became the Oliver dealer in the county. Even though he was in the machinery business, it was still coat and tie. Hmm. Yeah, and the best way to walk into a barn is in a coat and tie, because then you can dispense all sorts of good advice. Right. And they say, well, this needs cleaned up. Well, I'm wearing a coat and tie. Yeah, Are I'm you all kidding dressed me? Up. I can't. Oh, I'm so sorry. I got to go home and change. I'll be back later. Yeah. <laughs> back in the morning. Yeah. Oh, he'd always come in there and be critical of what we were doing. Uh, hoping to see us do something different that he had done in her, his early years. Unfortunately, he'd have a cigarette in one hand mm -hmm. and lean on the door and talk to us. Boy, scary. <laughs> I think Dad's old are right, Dad? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so normally we're going to close these episodes with going over to get a Sunday, but I, I heard you haven't had dinner, so we're not going to we're not going to get an ice cream Sunday today. We'll get you one later. But <laughs> b before we leave, I, I want you to give some advice to either further young generations, so it'd be your great grandkids or my generation and up. How can we keep this thing going? Well, obviously, it's important that everybody get along, and. Uh, I mean, you can have family meeting and discuss things and be critical of a plan, but accept it and go on with it. And uh, we don't we don't always agree with what's next, but we've been able to get along with progressing where, from where we're at. Unfortunately, now we have to change direction a bit because. Uh, we, we, our acreage has min, been minimal, so we have to be particular about what crop we raise. More pumpkins and less corn or whatever. Right. And of course, we here again with old equipment, or even if we had new equipment, there's a limit to how many grain crops we can raise. Right. I think it's uh, I think it's a testament to I'll start with you and then generations down that there have been differing opinions on every decision that's been made over the years, but we've all come to a conclusion of this is what we're going to do right. and we're going to be okay with it and we're going to support each other to make sure it happens the way it should happen for our guests. Pretty much, um, you lost me there. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Um, that's been kind of the story. Like I said, somebody have a new idea, 
with what we wanted to do. For gosh sakes, several years, Bob ran a car wash. (laughs) I don't think he really wanted to, but he did. Who talked him into the car wash? I've always wondered that. Carl did. (laughs) Carl again. Yeah, we bought a little strip mall in Enid, and uh, Bob ran a car wash. He had to go over there. He, He and I would milk in the morning, and he'd get in his... International Scout and drive it to Enon. I think the one thing that you said, Bill, that is resonates with me is how much you talked about the community and how you guys always were looking for feedback from the community. And I think that has stayed as a huge part of the business even today as being a huge piece of what is, you know, this area and how much Young's gives back to the community when they can, and that people, you know, that I came here as a kid, as a little kid, and remember being here, and then worked here as a 16-year-old kid, my first job, right? And uh, scooping butter pecan is the easiest. It's the best ice cream. It is one of the easier ones. Uh, I loved it when people ordered butter pecan. But I, I, I think that's a really cool thing to hear, that it was always a really important thing to you guys. Oh, that's for sure. Uh, we commu- we helped to sponsor things at the high school in Little League. We actually printed a weekly newspaper and uh, Enon Shopper, which has lived for a while, and then it it, it rechanged and uh, got got printed again and so on. But. <clears throat> Even without that newspaper, which supported the community activities, uh, the, the farm did. And uh, you could tell that, you know, that brought visitors and people really appreciated what we were doing for the community. I think they still do. I do, too. All right, Bill. Well, thanks for coming in. Thanks for making time for us. I appreciate you answering your questions and being honest. <laughs> I gave you I gave you spots to not be honest, and you did. <laughs> any any parting words for us? No, just family. As far as family continuation, uh, just necessary for everybody to get along and uh, carry their share of the load. Well, we'll try. You guys, you guys set a high bar for us, but we'll, we'll try to keep it up. That's all right. <laughs> all right, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Sunday Chat with the Young. Find out more about Young's Jersey Dairy, and be sure to catch up on all of our episodes at youngsdairy.com. See you soon.